Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show as we, our first show with Australia being the World Cup champions of darts, the greatest darting nation in the world by a country mile now. It's not in doubt. It's 100% we are the greatest darting country in the world, the world has ever seen really. Like we've been up there every year for a long time now and it's just been sensational. It's just an amazing achievement. Ten years since Simon Whitlock and... Paul Nicholson missed darts. They both missed darts to win against Lewis and Taylor in that epic final of deciding leg, sudden sudden death leg shootout, I think it was. So it was tied up in the final rubber of the final match, blah, 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 whatever you want. It was the last leg. Um, so to, to do that, ten, win it 10 years later with Simon Whitlock still there, how good, absolutely outstanding. Um a 3-1 win too, so, and Simon Whitlock had one dart to go 3-0, win both the singles and the the doubles, so absolutely outstanding achievement against Wales, who have knocked us out two times in the last couple of years, so fantastic. I'm drinking Coke tonight because I'm out of beer. Uh, before we break down the whole tournament and have a look back at it, because it was an outstanding tournament. It's a good fun, good fun, the uh, World Cup. It's great to watch. Before we do, we'll have a look at what it means for both Simon Whitlock and Damon Hedder. Uh, Simon Whitlock, he basically goes to legend status now. He's been around for years and years and years. I think he played at a PDC World Championship real early on, then went back over the back to Australia and then did some BDO work before 2010. He really burst onto the PDC scene with that run to the final against Phil Taylor ultimately losing 7-3, I think it might have been, but hit a big fish 170 in that final. Beat Raymond Van Barneveld in a good display in the semis and just had a really epic run at the 2010 before going on to the Premier League and doing well there, making the finals in 2012. Hit a nine data that year against Annie Hamilton. So been around for a long time, Simon. He's had a couple ups and downs there. He's won a European Championship. Uh, he was in the final of the Grand Prix, I think, just a couple of years ago against Daryl Gurney. So... Just keeps himself up and about, does the wizard, and it's fantastic. So he moves to absolute legend status, the crowd cheering his name the whole time, even hanging hanging off every little thing he did, just a fist pump, and he's there up and about with him. He even got up late. I think he probably had to go to the toilet as the – it would have been against Belgium. Uh, Damon Hedder, Dimitri, and Kim are all – Damon Hedder, Dimitri, and Kim – are all up there throwing, practicing. Simon comes up and the crowd goes, wow, they go nuts. They love him over there in Europe. They absolutely love him. So them screaming out his name was absolutely fantastic. And it's just the form that he got from that. So he was already starting to hit some form. The stat that I came across before the World Cup, which actually surprised me, was that he is on leg ratio. He's the best 180 hitter in darts at the moment this year. So... That's a fantastic stat. It means your scoring is going really well because a lot of other players have played a lot more legs because they're in other tournaments and making it further in tournaments. But by per leg, Simon is the number one 180 hitter in world darts at the moment. So that's a phenomenal stat. And it just continued to grow and grow. That grouping, those darts were coming out of his hand. Absolutely fantastic. He looked like banging in a 180 every time he stepped up to the hockey. Um. Uh, the doubles in the final was the only match he lost, so the form is going to take a massive 
not hit, the opposite of hit, unhit, his form's just going to grow and grow and grow. To only lose one match for the whole tournament was fantastic. Um, so now he can get on a run. He's got that form. He's got that grouping. Maybe his doubles here and there were a little bit off. At definitely the start of the tournament, he was 2 of 11. Uh, sorry, not 2 of 11 because he won the match. 4 of 11, that's not even that bad. It was probably 22 or something like that. Something ridiculous. There was a few few matches where his doubles really let him down. So his averages would have been phenomenal if he wasn't missing his doubles. Um, they both go to the Grand Slam now. That's the massive one here. The Grand Slam is made up of all the major tournaments, winners and runners-up. So even if they didn't win, they made it to the Grand Slam, and that's a big one, getting yourself into the Grand Slam. It's a massive ranking tournament. So Damon Hedder is definitely in the match play. Simon's got a lot of work to do in a lot short space of time if he wants to get to the match play, but... I think he can do it now. Uh, so, but Damon's going to be in the match play, probably gets himself into the Grand Prix if he hasn't already made his way into the top 16 by then. He's now in the Grand Slam. They're going to be at the Worlds. They will both be at the Players' Championships. I'm pretty sure I reckon they'll get there. Um, Gordon Mathers probably gets to the Players' Championship as well. So the Aussies, those Aussie guys are going to be, especially Whitlock and Hatter, they're going to be in the big tournaments coming the back end of the year. World Series finals, if they have a good run, either of them at the three down-under events, the Wollongong, Townsville, and New Zealand. If they have a decent go there, they make themselves into the World Series finals. Damon Hatter probably gets a gig there, even if he doesn't, because he's so highly ranked at the moment. So getting to the Grand Slam, add that into the other majors that they're already in or potentially going to be in. Things are looking good ranking-wise for those guys. So fantastic, absolutely beautiful for them. For Damon Hedder, this is massive, absolutely massive. It's great for Simon Whitlock, as I said. It, it puts him to legend status all around the dart world because he's so iconic. But Damon Hedder, look, he's been fantastic on the floor this year. Some of his stats, as we discussed last week, and we'll discuss it again right now, the highest average of anyone that was competing at the World Cup and I think he's probably one, two, or three out of everyone at the moment. I think he was just below maybe Luke Humphreys earlier on. Um, and his finishing percentages, he is the best finisher in World Darts at the moment. So those two stats are phenomenal. Most of that comes from his floor tournaments. His European tour hasn't been great, though. And that's in front of a big crowd. Well, not a big crowd, but they're small venues with a tight, packed-in crowd. So it does get quite loud there. Um, he's had one semi-final there. He was good at the UK Open. I think he made the semi or the quarters there. Maybe in, maybe in the quarters. Um, but other than that, not too much big stage success so far this year. So to perform the way he did on stage in front of a big crowd was absolutely outstanding. The crowd weren't heckling him. They were on his side, but you've still got to do it. And you've still got to do it on the TV in front of millions and millions and millions of people. Only the real diehards like myself, I catch up on YouTube. I don't watch it on PDC TV just yet. But only diehards like me watch the players' championship events um, and the early European tour round events. But millions of people tuned into the World Cup, millions worldwide. So he's now got his name. It's the Johnny Clayton effect. We're hoping that he has a run like that. Johnny Clayton won two years ago. He's now a Premier League champion. He's had deep runs at the Worlds. I think he won the Grand Prix as well. Uh, at Premier League, I may have already mentioned that, but Premier League as well. Just multiple, multiple things. The Masters, 
all these things Johnny Clayton has done, now it's up to Damon Header to try and do that too. Just move this back a tiny bit. I think I'm a bit loud. A bit loud, 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 a bit loud. Right. Um, so because he's expected to produce on everywhere because he's playing so well on the floor, on that big stage, it can get to you. Well, it must get to you. I don't know from experience because I've never played on a big stage. But that's what we're hoping for here is that it's such a, an amazing achievement in in respect for Kyle Anderson. That's why they did it. They tried to do it last year, just couldn't get it done. It was probably a bit much for them, especially Damon Hedder being so close to him. Um, to get up there and do that this year, it just would have been so uplifting and so emotional that the next big on-stage tournament isn't going to be anywhere near as emotional for them, nowhere near as big. So they'll be able to hopefully take that experience. Well, not hope they, because we know Simon Whitlock is a big stage man. He is a dominant force on the big stage. So he'll he'll take that now, Damon Hedder, and run with it. And he's going to start winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. And it was barely going a lot of the time and got rescued by Simon in the first two days right up till that final session. And this is where it clicked and you could see that big stage demo come out, really. That's a simple, the simplest way to put it. The performance against Michael Smith to be 3-1 down and against the darts. So he needed to break the darts, what, so to get one. He needed to break throw two times and hold his throw to win that match. And he did it. And he did it outstandingly well against a guy who is winning absolutely everything. Michael Smith was outstanding all tournament. He's been outstanding for the last month and a half, two months, even all the way through the Premier League. He only had two or three bad performances. The rest of it, he was just getting turned up on. But, yep, so Damon Hedder, he has the PDC at his feet now and can really push on. And I expect that both will push up the rankings now. I don't see Simon dropping anytime soon after the vintage performance that he put on. All right, our friends across the ditch, they got the job done in round one against Switzerland. Uh, they held themselves well, uh, nigh on 80 average. Switzerland only had a 72 average. They won at 5-2. Uh, ben, big Ben, big rig Ben Robb looked at home on the, the big stage. Warren Parry's been there. We know what he can do, how he can perform. Um, I was a bit surprised to see Warren Parry in that team. Nothing against Warren Parry, but uh, Hopi Puha is playing a lot of challenge tour stuff. He just had a crack at Q School. He's a very, very talented darts player. I did think he would get it. He would get the nod, but he didn't. And I'm trying to look at a lot, but I haven't seen where Cody Harris, we all may remember Cody Harris from a couple of years ago. He was a phenomenal darts player with a beautiful action and very high scoring and great finishing from him a few years ago, but I haven't seen him since, so that's a bit of a disappointment. Uh, second round, both Parry and Big Rig Ben Robb lost 4-2, but they played quality opponents in Brendan Dolan and Daryl Gurney, so no no qualms there in, in losing those two. They shouldn't be too hard on themselves. They performed well, did what they needed to do, and they're only going to get better from here. The Kiwi darts, Big, ben, Big Rig Ben Robb, um, I like the way he goes about it, and he is going to... Do some things over there. I think he had a crack at Q School too. He'll probably be at the Worlds again. He'll be at the New Zealand Darts Masters, I guarantee you that. And I'm thinking he's going to start doing some real damage on the Pro Tour. Um, there was no real upsets anywhere 
to be honest. Um, one, all eight seeds made it into the quarters. Only two of the first 16 first-round matches that was just doubles went to the last deciding leg. Uh, Poland scraped past the USA and Germany took it very deep. The crowd was pretty nervous then because it was in Germany. Uh, multiple match darts for both, for, for Germany, sorry, before Gabriel Clemens pinned double six, and that was after a setup shot of 164, I think, to leave double 12. So hard in the mouth stuff for the host nation, but they got it done. Um, so when we say there was no real upsets anywhere, a lot of people I have seen have complained about that, but most years there is. You just didn't see one this year, and that's as simple as that. Like, there was also a lot of comments about the quality of the darts being thrown, especially in that first round. But none of these guys play a lot of doubles. Um, they get up on that big stage. Doubles up there is different. If you see a lot of the issues Girl and Price have with other players, a lot of the, and the last one especially with Adrian Lewis, a lot of this is about timing. As soon as that other person is grabbing their darts out of the board, Girl and Price is cocked back ready to throw. So to have another two people throw before you're normally throwing. So, yeah, so it's normally one person throws before you get ready. He's now got an extra two. So that throws off momentum, and it definitely works for me. Like, I've been playing – I know I don't want to make it about me all the time, but this is just an example. I normally play against a dartbot. I wait for the dartbot score to go in. I throw. If I'm playing online, I wait for them to call out the score. I throw. If I'm playing in person, which I don't do often but back in the day – once that guy grabs his darts and he's out of the way, I'm like Girl and Price, I'm there ready to throw. So what I've been doing lately, the kids have been wanting to verse me, so I let them have, they have three darts each, so six darts to my three. I have to then wait for those two to both throw and their kids and their darts go everywhere. One of them can hardly even reach their darts. So it is tricky, very tricky to adjust to that time. So the, the quality always drops a little bit most of the time, um, but it just it is what it is. What was it even the point of that? Um, about upsets, seeing upsets and all that sort of stuff. So that's why you do see some because the quality drops because of the doubles concept. Um, and once you get to the final eight seeds, there's, there's never any upsets anyway. Like if Scotland were ranked eighth but the defending champions, if they had beaten England, no one would have gone, whoa, what a shock. If Belgium had to beat Australia, no one would have gone, whoa, what a shock. If Germany had to beat Wales, maybe a tiny bit, but not really that much of a shock. So it's not really relevant to me that there was no seeded teams knocked out because seed number five won the tournament and normally, well, go have a look at tennis and the winners coming from seeds one, two, three, four every time. Um, the AFL, we have a top four, the winners generally always coming from the top four. So number five got through, and that's brilliant. So I don't think there's a need to do anything like that. Um, anything can happen. There's only two players up there, the two players on each team. I don't even know why I wrote only two down. Does it matter that all seeded teams made it? No. That's so confusing. Why did I even write that? It may be to do with... Um, some people suggesting that maybe they have more people on each team. If you do that, you are only going to 
give England the title, basically. Can you imagine any other team, say if you if you extend it to three people or four people, so Australia would then have Gordon Mathers and a random that comes over from Australia to get time off from their work because there's no one else, unless Paul Nicholson steps up, who's not playing well at the moment, is still working his way back. Uh, Scotland, Gary Anderson, who's yeah probably doesn't even care about it too much. He didn't even hassle to have his body, said John Anderson can have it. Um, the Netherlands, you're probably looking at having uh, Ron Muhlenkamp or uh, Martin Kleermaker or something, someone like that. Um, Germany, Max Hopp's terribly out of form, so you're adding players there. Whereas if you give England the four players, they then have Rob Cross and Joe Cullen joining their team or even potentially Nathan Aspinall, and it's just a runaway. Even though Australia is the greatest darting nation in the world, England have the talent the high-end talent up the ranking, so you don't want to see any more than two players per team. That's the way it should stay. Um, Gerwin Price wasn't a huge fan of the format, but I don't think you can play doubles the whole way through. You just don't see that quality of darts. You still want to see it, and you want to see, even though it is only a two-person team, you want to see that teamwork and how they gel and how they play as singles and doubles. You want it, you want that on show. That's what it's for. That's what it's about. So I think the format is right. Maybe, potentially, it would mean that one player doesn't play the singles, but you could play the doubles first, potentially. But I don't see that being needed. I don't see anything being needed to be changed. Premier League needs changing. Yes, we know that. Does the World Cup need changing? No. Pretty much every other for- format of darts in the PDC does not need changing. It's all fantastic. Just, just the Premier League. All right, our Aussies. Round one, we had a 5-2 win over Lithuania. Um, we're going to take you through the performance of the Aussies now because it was just outstanding. 5-2 win versus Lithuania. Uh, played well. Uh, as most round one games were an 80, 80-ish average. Uh, there was a few 70s, 79, 72, 81, 84 was a pretty popular number. Uh, we were at 90, so not far off the performance. Wales was the standout with 99. Um, and two millimetres off the first nine data, first ever nine dart leg at the World Cup, and it would have been in a pairs match. So Simon threw first, kicked off for the 180. Damo banged in another 180. Simon Whitlock going the way he normally does for a nine dart leg, the same way he did against Andy Hamilton. Triple 20, triple 19, and that double 18 was mil, a mil. It, you could just about hear it click the wire. The only thing it didn't do was click the wire, and it was so close. And, boy, that would have been fantastic. would have been absolutely brilliant. My heart was in my mouth when that would almost happen. Um, yep, but Hedda came up, came in and cleaned that up for a 10-dart leg. So I think that was the best leg for the whole weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, round two was a bit scratchy. Damo struggled a tad. He lost to Daniel Larson 4-3, and Simon beat Johan Engstrom. He beat him 4-3, so it sounded a bit closer, but Simon was never going to lose that. Uh, the doubles, 4-1, uh, 85 average. And this was one of the ones I was talking about. This is, We were 4 from 22 on our checkouts. We weren't punished, though. Our scoring was good enough to get us over the line there. So by this point, I was thinking, oh, I'm still backing us because we all know from last week that I backed us. But it was starting to think, oh, I'm not too sure at the moment because England were looking good. Belgium were looking good, and they were in our part of the draw. Uh, the quarterfinals was against the old rival Belgium. 
and the, the old rival, that was mainly Kim Hybrex and Paul Nicholson, so not really there anymore. And Dimitri Vandenberg and Damon Hedder are actually housemates, as probably a lot of you know already. Our housemates, when Dimitri bases himself in England, if he's based in Europe, when there's Euro tours and things like that, he stays as his own house, I'm assuming. But when he's in England, he bunks with Damo. Um, Header lost up to lost first game to Dimitri. Uh, no shame there, Dimitri. He was he's playing great darts. He is a star, and he had the throw. Dimitri he chucked in four one eighties. Uh, Damo did average a hundred with a sixty six percent checkout though. So it was a kind of a turning point for him. Although he lost, he did look a lot better in that match. As I said, there's no shame in losing to Dimitri Vandenberg. Uh, Whitlock versus Hybrex. Uh, 4-3 win to the Wizard. 3-180s, 6-140s. And had, I think he only had about 68 left or something very small to go to win at 4-2. But Kim Hybrex was able to peg a 170 brilliantly. So it was fantastic that 170. And Gerland Price hit one earlier on and it was sensational for him to do it too. Although it was against our Wizard, but... Simon Willock got it done. The doubles then, after going to one all in the rubber, that was outstanding, the doubles. 4-0 versus Belgium of all teams. Like Belgium are a good side. Kim Hybrex can play electric darts, like phenomenal darts, and we know how solid Dimitri is. So to win 4-0 against Belgium was outstanding, absolutely brilliant. It was great to watch. It was 15 darts, 12 darts, 11 darts, and wrapped it up in the last 17 Belgium did not get a shot at a double. So that that match then, so that was all played. No, the round two play was played on the third, uh, second day, I think. And it was all played on the last day, the quarterfinal, semi and final. But after that, so that was in the afternoon session before they had the break from the night session. So, But after that, I was like, yeah, Simon's playing well. Damo, who was struggling, has got his act together now. There was a tiny patch in the middle where he did struggle a little bit, but came back through towards the end there, but played well, and Simon was still looking fantastic. And once again, the crowd behind him was really encouraging. It's like Simon Whitlock's going to get up and about. When the crowd are behind him like that, he's going to get moving. We're at about 22 minutes for the show. That's good. Good stuff. Uh, the semifinals, the old ashes, the ashes of darts, we smashed them, and they probably will burn their darts and put them in a barrel now. No, not that extreme. But we gave them a touch-up, simple as that. 3-1 uh, down against Bully Boy, uh, Damon Hedder, and he came back to win it. It took advantage of a rare error from Michael Smith. So Michael Smith, he had 72 left. He hit 16, wanted another 16 to leave tops and hit eight. So that leaves you no finish. And then he threw the dart just down there to give himself probably another eight or a 16 to leave 32 or or tops, and he's hit triple, uh, yeah, triple 16, and he's busted score, and that's a rare error. It probably wasn't a counting error, but still, Michael Smith doesn't normally do anything like that. That dart would have gone all the way down to the corner normally, but it was a bit of frustration that he missed the 16 to leave tops, so he was just frustrated and threw it, and it went way too close to the other dart. It was really close to the 16, the triple 16, and hit him. And so Damon then won three on the trot, and it's probably, in my opinion, one of his best ever wins. I know he's won that pro tour against uh, Gary Anderson, which was phenomenal, but this is against Michael Smith on the big stage when that guy does not lose. There was a stat up that 17 of the 20 legs that Michael Smith was involved in 
so far in the tournament he'd won. So he'd only lost three for the whole tournament and three legs. So that's a that's a great strike rate. What's that? That's something like they'd be up over eighty percent, wouldn't it? I don't know. My mathematician's watching. Let me know. I could probably do it myself, but because it's not live, but I won't do it. I'll let you guys do that. Um, so it's a, it's a phenomenal performance to beat Michael Smith in that. In that manner, to be three-one down as well. Um, Whitlock, who had just hit his best ever average, so out of he played thirty odd singles matches in the World Cup, his best average he did that against Kim Hybrex in the quarters with a one oh one, which is a bit of a shock to see that he hadn't gotten higher than that before. And he beat that against James Wade, four nil against James Wade of all people. James Wade only got two darts at a double. Simon just started to really turn it on. And I was like, oh, this is just, I was starting to get really excited by this point, like jumping out of my skin excited, watching James Wade get pounded by Simon Whitlock 4-0. And I love James Wade. But, and, and even the final, I love I love watching Girl and Price and I love Johnny Clayton, but I've never have I wanted to see them, those two play poorly. Um, yeah, so 4-0. So that was two rubbers. So we've gone eight three altogether. That's a, that's a pounding. We we smashed England. We didn't even need the doubles because Damo had turned it on. And by this stage now, I'm starting to think, wow, wow, we're a real shot. Damon's starting to play well. Simon's been playing well the whole weekend. Uh, only one game to go. We've only got Wales left in the final, and I was getting up and about. And then it came to the, so the final against Wales. And as I said, Wales had been pretty good. Johnny was. Good. Gerwin was starting to look really good. Uh, Damon Hedder versus Gerwin Price was the first singles. 4-0 Damon Hedder. Absolutely outstanding again. I think he averaged 90, mid-90s. Gerwin averaged only 80, but that's because he was put to the sword by Damon Hedder. And then, so you would never have picked either, any of this. Like maybe Damon Hedder beating Gerwin Price, but nowhere is anyone picking Simon Whitlock to take care of Johnny Clayton 4-2 when Johnny had the darts? Johnny threw first, and Simon Whitlock's won 4-2? I mean, come on, no one's picking that. But this this tournament brought out the best of him and the big stage. I don't even think it's the World Cup. A lot of people are saying when he plays for Australia, he plays for Australia. He was phenomenal at the Masters. I think when Simon gets on the big stage nowadays, he is just going to absolutely bring it. And he did that. He did that phenomenally well. So we just needed one win out of the doubles and the reverse singles. So if you have got the doubles match, you think maybe we're a good chance there. We've got the darts. Then it's Hedder and Clayton. Oh, it could be there. Whitlock and Price and Whitlock could have the darts. Surely we get a win from there. Um, credit to Wales, though, in the doubles. Big Few big shouts from Gerwin. We looked good. Damo fell away a touch again. No worries, though. We still had two matches to get the W. I think they won that 4-2 or 4-3. I think it was 4-2. But Gerwin definitely got them going with a couple of big finishes, a couple of big setup shots. I think he hit a 1-6-2. I think he had a 1-7-1 as well, something ridiculous like that. So really started to play well, did Gerwin. Again, he was playing well most of the tournament. Uh, But... Damo did the job versus Johnny, and it was just it was just amazing. A 99 average, just get it done sort of stuff. He, he had the, I think he was, no, he threw second, and he, but he won at 4-2, I think. 
Uh, Johnny was a bit off with his doubling, but the man, Damon Hedder, he got the darts. He got it done. I think he threw, he had 71 left with Johnny way back. Uh, hit the triple 13, missed the two at double 16, then came back and cleaned it up. First dart, next go. And I forgot to check his name, but even the chalker, he even he was stoked for Damon, and it was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, so Australia took it out. They won. We were so pumped here at Arrow Slingers. The whole team was just jumping up and down with joy. The team is me, um, me and me. And my daughter was pretty excited too, but she's not part of the team at the moment. So let's do a little mini wrap of the tournament. We won't go for too long, but disappointments, none really. I mean, maybe Ireland were my tip to really do well as a bit of a surprise package. Uh, Lennon and O'Connor, they both lost 4-1 to the Netherlands in the second round. Uh, so no, not a huge shame there either. Like I think O'Connor lost 4-1 to Noppet and Steve Lennon ran into a rampant Dirk van Dijvenboda who averaged 110. So I'm going to start doing this. Maybe I'll do a top two because a lot of the tournaments, it would just be the finalists really, wouldn't it? So probably won't do that this ever again except for the World Cup. I'm going to do a tournament MVP and coming in at number three is Bully Boy and Damon Hedder tied in third place. Uh, Bully Boy was fantastic, as I said, and right up until that last five minutes against Damon Hedder, he looked head and shoulders again above the rest of the world. He was just winning, 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 winning. He didn't run into too many uh, massive opponents, but you've still got to win him, and here that's what he was doing. His scoring looked amazing. His finishing was good. And Damien Hedder was part of the winning team, so he's got to be in there, doesn't he? And really, really performed super well the last day. Uh, and even the last session really turned it on. Uh, number two, Gerwin Price. I thought he was fantastic. He had a couple of low averages here and there, that 80 against uh, Damon Hedder in the final. I think he had a lowish 80s as well in maybe round two. But he averaged 117 against Martin Schindler. Was phenom- phenomenal in any doubles match that, well, the wa- that Wales were in. He had a 170 against Schindler. It switched it on in the final. He turned it round in the doubles when they really needed it to, which dragged Johnny up a bit as well. And it would have been crazy and like heart-wrenchingly exciting stuff if it had have come down to Whitlock versus Price in a decider. Number one, we've spoken about him a heap already, so I won't go into detail, but it's Simon Whitlock. He really deserved this. He's just it's so amazing. It's absolutely just heartwarming stuff and just whoa, the, the level of excitement for him and to see him up there and the crowd just screaming his name and he had to convince them just to shout Damon Hedder for a minute because they were just so pumped for him. Um, yeah, so Simon Whitlock, MVP of the World Cup of Darts. He still is an amazing talent and one of the top players in the world. Right, so we're now doing the top five moments. Nothing, not like special, super awesome moments, just moments that I enjoyed. Uh, the, the crowd, as I said, I think Kim Hybrex wasn't overly happy with both the crowd and and just Germany, the venue, I don't know, didn't really like it and thinks it should be more well spread. I think that was more of his point is that instead of just having it in Germany, I think it was stinking hot too. Instead of just having it in Germany, they move it all around Europe, but that doesn't bother me. Or else it's not coming to Australia, so it doesn't. that's not a, a, ma- a massive issue. Um, yeah, 
there's nothing better than when the crowd are cheering and shouting for Gerwin Price. It's it's amazing. The atmosphere just goes up phenomenally well because he has this energy about him. I love sitting there watching him hit a big score and then the fist pump comes out and the roar. I'll do a little one, but I won't do it too loud. It's a real high pitch one. It's a and it just poof, it throws you back in your chair just sitting there watching at home. So when the crowd are on his side and he's doing that and he starts playing well, like it's just all just starts rolling and going. So the crowd were phenomenal there. Any crowd that doesn't boo girl and price, I think, deserves kudos because the ones that do deserve to be slammed. Say so the ones that are cheering for him, give them a bit of a rev up too. And as I said, I keep saying it a million times, they were right behind Simon Whitlock and it was amazing to watch and amazing to see Simon Whitlock. Uh, number four, Simon Whitlock, he hit a 120 versus Johnny Clayton in the final. It was two all. Uh, Johnny waiting on 26 to break the throw, go 3-2 up. Simon Whitlock takes out a brilliant 120 finish and set it up perfectly. He went just above the triple 20, so if I get my finger there, well, let's use a pen. It was sitting there, and he goes underneath, bangs it in the triple 20, bangs it in tops, and sets up a 3-2 lead and then t- breaks the throw after that to get them so get himself a 4-2 win versus Johnny. Brilliant. Brilliant 120. Um, Austria versus Wales in the doubles. This was a phenomenal moment, not only for the main reason that I'll point out in a second, but of what I thought was hilarious of the follow-up. So... Johnny Clayton, to, to, to get it rolling, Rowby John had this thing. He did it in one of the earlier matches, not against Wales, but against whoever they played the first time. I can't remember who it was. But it may have been against Johnny anyway. I'm not too sure. But he got two in the triple 20, and then he turns around and he tells the crowd to get up and excited, and then he bangs in a 180. So... Coming into this, I don't think Johnny did it first, but he had a little giggle when he put two triple 20s in. And then Rowby John puts his two triples in, turns to the crowd, gets him excited, gets him up and about, and it's all like, oh, and Gerwin Price is throwing next. And sometimes things like this can upset Gerwin Price. Gerwin goes bang, bang, triple 20, triple 20, turns to the crowd, not as excitable as Johnny, uh, Rowby John, but he just goes like this. And it's it's funny. You can see them all up there laughing and this is what really got it for me, except Mencia. Mencia doesn't look, doesn't do anything, walks up and puts two triple 20s in the, uh, yeah, two triple 20s in with one dart left. Does he turn to the crowd and try and jam up? No, this is just Mencia being Mencia. He's just, just going up and throwing his darts. So that was fantastic for me. You got a little bit of byplay. Girl and Price just going with it, rolling with it. And that's why the crowd were on his side. And you saw the sportsmanship after the final as well. He was so super happy for the Aussies. Um, yeah. That was a funny, funny moment. Number two, the Jose miscount, Jose D'Souza. Now, if there's a more embarrassing time, it's it's either got to be when you hit 180 with 180 left or 180 with 181 left. How that happens, we don't know. Don't even know what the lead-up was to. He pointed to his eyes that he couldn't see. I'm not sure. What couldn't he see? He's got 181 points left. Surely you know before you throw what you're roughly aiming for. I know I'm not a great counter. I know before I go what I'm going to try and hit, but sometimes if it's 
goes a bit skew if I do get stuck for a little bit. I'm like, oh, hang on, got to try and do this quickly. But never in a million years am I going for a third triple 20 with 181 left on the board. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going for a 25. That's probably a bad idea because then you hit the bullseye. Um, now, the number one moment, and it's not even a moment, it's an almost moment, and it is the Australian effort at a nine data. Geez, that would have been fantastic for us to win it. Ten years after Simon Whitlock had darts to win it, he then wins then wins it a decade later. But to kick off the tournament with a nine data would have been absolutely sensational. It was only their third leg into the tournament, and that would have been awesome to have us kick off with a nine dart leg. So that wraps up the World Cup. It's done for another year. It's a fantastic tournament. We love it. I love it. Most people do. You do see a bit of some other players from some other countries getting around, and it's it's good to see. You don't have that high quality of, say, there's, what, 32 nations, so there's 64 players. It's not the World Championships where all the big guns are there. It's not the Players' Championship where there's 64 big guns. It is a tournament to – it's about bringing darts together from all around the world and letting them all have a crack. If there wasn't this, we wouldn't get to see Paul and Harith Lim. Um, I love watching Harith Lim throw. He's a great darts player and he's just fantastic to watch. We wouldn't get to see all these other countries. I think it was the Gibraltar boys that have been Michael Smith fans forever. One of them plays soccer for Gibraltar and he's also out there playing darts. So that's just brilliant. And that's why it's such a good tournament. Um, we'll quickly have a look real quick. The Dutch Darts Masters is coming up, so another World Series event before it's all players' championship stuff bef- uh, until the, I think, I don't think there's another European tour. Not 100% sure I should have done my research, but there's a lot of players' championship events before the match play. Hopefully Simon can get himself into that spot. We'll um, have a look next week at how far out he is. There go. And the likelihood of him getting himself in there. Um, but yeah, Dutch Darts Masters. So the PDC representatives, uh, Michael Smith, Dimitri Vandenberg, Peter Wright, Girl and Price, James Wade, Fallon Sherrick, Johnny Clayton, and Joe Cullen come in. So Gary Anderson out, and Michael Van Gerwen out with that injury. So in is Cullen and Clayton. Um, the qualifiers, I haven't listened to this list because it's in Holland, so there's pretty good players. Danny Noppet. Dirk van Dijvenboda, Vincent van der Voort, Jermaine Watermina, Martin Klimaker, Jeffrey Desvan, Mike Kivenhoven, and Rod Muhlenkamp. So that is an outstanding list. Jeffrey Desvan was touted as a top 10 talent a couple of years ago, so he can play. Martin Klimaker knocked out Simon Whitlock and at the Worlds and was playing beautifully. Rod Muhlenkamp is a talent. Jermaine Watermina was also touted as a future talent. I think he may have represented the Netherlands at the World Cup. Vincent van der Voort's been around for years and has been a top 10 talent at his at his peak, I think. And we all know what Danny Noppert and Dirk van Dijvenboda can do. So there is capabilities for upsets galore. Maybe Mike Kivenhoven falls a little bit below those the rest of the guys, but that is a great list of gun players who are ready to challenge these guys. I'm going to tip... I haven't seen the draw, so it's hard to say who's going to... Win, uh, beat who? The, the draw may be out by now, but when I did my research for this, I don't think it had been done. Um, I reckon you're going to see two to three qualifiers get up. Um, it's just been a massive schedule for a lot of dudes. So Michael Smith has played a lot of darts. Dimitri Vandenberg now, after being in the last uh, 
What was it? Oh, God, brain fade. Uh, the last World Series event. I know it's all in Germany, so hopefully it's not too much of an effect. Peter Wright might be a little bit uh, little bit iffy. Go and Price will be, be refreshed. Uh, James Wade is just James Wade. Fallon Cherrick should be refreshed. Uh, Johnny Clayton may – he looked a little bit tired in the World Cup, but maybe that's just because he didn't shave properly and had a bit of a scruffy T-shirt and hairdo. He didn't do his hair. Uh, Joe Cullen will come in refreshed, but has he had too much of a break? I don't know. So maybe two to three qualifiers to get through. Look, I think it, if Dirk Van Dijvoda turns on, it's definitely him. Danny Noppert, I think, will potentially beat whoever he's up against, and I reckon Jeffy Desvan is a real hot chance. Um, but I think, as I said, without seeing the draw, I'm going to tip Johnny Clayton to win it. The reason I'm not going Michael Smith is I just think he should be burnt out. I know he's a legend and he's a gun and this is what he does for a living, but I think he might be a little bit burnt out maybe. Or maybe I just think Johnny Clayton because I think Johnny Clayton is ready to go and ready to win. So that'll that'll do. What are we at? At 40 minutes again. Just doesn't stop. The darts never stop. We will have a little bit of a break now. Well, next week we can have a look at what happened at the Dutch Darts Masters. We'll have some more info on the qualifiers for... The Australian one's coming up. I think the Queensland events for the DPA might be coming up soon as well. Um, but, yeah, we can do some other stuff. We can have a look at a few other things. I've got some new darts that I need to get get my hands into. And uh, so what also we're going to talk about, I haven't set the date yet, but if you want to get involved, I have a set of darts from Data Dart. Avid Darts have donated me a set to give away. We're going to host a little a little uh, Sunday afternoon, I reckon, either Sunday afternoon or Friday night shindig of just first to three online on NACA. Pretty simple, a little mini tournament, and the winner is going to get a $100 set of darts. New darts to either pass on, re-gift, sell, and keep the cash yourself, or have a throw with. They're un- unopened, unboxed. Uh, unboxed? That's not, that wouldn't be the term because they're boxed. Unopened, still in the box, ready to give away. If you want to get involved in that, just hit me up on Facebook and we'll get the ball rolling. I'll definitely set a date soon and put some stuff on Facebook. Uh, get around that, and just get around the darts in general. It's just, it's. I'm struggling to come down from what it was. I think I've watched it the final three times now. I've watched the Belgium affair, maybe two times. The England match I've watched three times now as well, and the one against Lithuania I've watched twice. I can't get enough of it. It's just, it was just phenomenal. So, I'm gonna go watch it again. Um, enjoy your weekend, guys, and. If you're on YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe, tell your friends all about the show, get involved. With this tournament we're hosting, I'm really, really hoping to get someone that's never really played online darts before or doesn't really play darts that much. Hoping to get someone, try and convince someone to come across and have a go and just have some fun because you never know what could happen. People, I get on those online in some games and throw absolutely poo, so just get yourself, get yourself involved and have a crack. And I'll talk to you later.